When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following content is not suitable for children. We are going to go into the world of the withdrawer. I'm so interested in this to try to wrap my head around all the withdrawing people in my life. I don't know if I want to talk about this, Laurie. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dum da dum dum. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Just want to invite everybody again to our couples retreat that is May 20th. It's great sex, great love, and you can sign up on foreplayradiosextherapy.com under the resource section. And we are excited to be with you. We're going to have great conversations. You do not have to say anything in the public group. Mm -hmm. All the exercises are just between you and your partner. Some people do talk, and that makes it lively, but there's no requirement for that. And we talk about everything. We go through basically how men and women's bodies work, what to expect, how you can make it better sexually. And we also talk about the negative cycle and how you can get out of that sexually. So we'd love to have you join us May 20th. Sign up now. And two partners unite together against the negative emotional cycle and a negative sexual cycle and learn how to replace it with a positive one. Hey, the world's a better place, right, Lori? The world is a happier place, for you sure. You can do that. Our children are time. happier. We change the world when we conquer the negative cycle. Invest the time. And speaking of investing the time, we also want to thank our patrons. That's, yes. Again, that is so helpful for us to keep this mission going. There are tons of expenses and, and lots of things, and we're committed, and it's so great to have a growing family that's also committed to just helping people love better. So thank you, patrons, and continue to help us. Yeah, thanks so much. And gosh, we've been doing this for together two and a half years and me wow. and me for a good five. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, I could keep talking about this because that way I don't have to talk about what's yours. <laughs> no, so no, no. How many no. patrons do we have? No, no, no. I want to hear all about it. Tell me what happens as a withdrawal. What what is it like to why why do you go away sometimes? What's what's that? What happens? We don't want to go away. We just want things to work out well and smooth and calm and happy and positive. Like that's where we want to operate and hang out. Right. Mm -hmm. And when that's not working so well, 
when tension increases and frustration or conflict that only bad things happen there. Mm-hmm. So the going away is not going away because you don't care. The going away is like it's a it's a safer place to kind of reset, to think more clearly, to try to problem solve. Like the act of going away is a temporary thing to calm things down. Mm-hmm. That's all it's trying to do. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel safer in going away. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's the it, it's a reset. I like that. That's helpful to hear. But sometimes the reset kind of lasts for a very long time and. Mm-hmm don't know if your partner is coming back to talk about it again. So maybe it's just they're hoping it will resolve on its own or. Well, the the problem is trying to come back. You got to come back to the potential of another conflict. Mm. So sometimes it gets easier to stay not engaged because it's safer in that place. It has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with not caring. It has everything to do with not wanting to make things worse. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a lot of confidence going back in, because it's going to make things worse, and you, you, it gets easy and easy to sit on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is full intention to come back to it, but that well, dread of having conflict, you know, is the big block. Don't want to do that, right? Because bad things happen. Yeah. You hear things you don't want to hear. You say things you might not want to say, and it's it's it can be pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to help withdrawers learn how to get back quicker to kind of recognize that actually when they're going away, that moment right before they go away, it's actually a pretty pretty nasty spot for them, right? Their attempts to get it right, to, to fix things, to it's not working. They're failing, mm-hmm. right? That sense of failure usually is that vulnerability within most withdrawers, right? They're, they're taught that if they perform well, if they climb the ladder of success, that's what's going to make them feel safe in the world, right? right? But when they let people down or they fail, like that's a pretty, pretty, pretty bad spot. And yet a mm-hmm. lot of withdrawers don't even know how to put words to what that feels like. So that's what we're trying to help. And that moment right before you go away, you're going away because of emotions. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to do. You might feel helpless. You feel like you're failing. You're disappointed. There's some, some big emotions there. All right. And to protect yourself from those big emotions, you go away. And it's such an automated process. You know, this has been a strategy often that has worked for people right. to shut down, go away, not feel it. I mean, I, I know one guy who, you know, he just goes to work. Mm-hmm. If things are too hot, he doesn't want to keep having the conversation. So he goes to work because work, he's successful and he mm-hmm. can control it. You know, he knows that area. That's his arena. But with his partner. Mm-mm. But look at what happens when you go to work. The rules are a lot simpler and cleaner. It's a lot easier to have success because if yes. you work hard, you're going to get paid for that. You're going to yes. so that that's going to get raises. And, and the more you go to work, the harder it is to be in your relationship where the rules are less clear and you get more messages of failure. To mm. me, this is just math. Right? Again, if door one, I'm being told good job all the time, and people look up to me, and door two, I'm being told I'm doing it wrong all the time, my body's going to want to go through door one, and oh, unfortunately, yeah. that's what happens with a lot of withdrawers. Right. And they don't see that it exacerbates the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we're really trying to, like a pursuer, which is in a really bad dilemma. Do they go away, which feels safer, but it's failing their partner. Yes. They know, they've heard many times, you walk away, you don't care, you shouldn't do it. Like they don't want to do that. And yet they choose that option, even though it's a bad option. 
because it gives us insight into the other option, which is to stay engaged. What is it about staying engaged with growing emotion that's so distressing to that nervous system that they do what they can to get out of there? Yeah. No. So what's sad about most withdrawers is the love in their relationship. And this isn't the pursuers want to do this. Pursuers want to do as much as they can, right? But the love that they get is very conditional. They get love when they get it right and they perform. And when they get it wrong or they're failing, they go away. So they never really get love when they need it the most. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that suck, Lori? That sucks. They get love when they're doing it right. And when they're going away, they already feel like they're failing and there is no love for that. In fact, it just makes their partner angry, frustrated with them. So when they have that need, when they're feeling insecure, anxious, or something, or feeling like they're failing, there ain't nobody there. Again, how sad is that? They're trying to outrun failure. That's really the Mm -hmm. operating system. Mm -hmm. Get it right. Try to outrun failure. But we know I'm going to write that down. I like that. They're trying to outrun failure. Okay. It's not only exhausting, but it inevitably fails. We know life is going to, failure is going to hit all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And when it catches them, that's actually when they need help the most. Mm -hmm. And they don't even think to ask for it. Mm -hmm. They just want to weather that emotion. They want to go off into a corner, let the storm pass, and then it come out again and try again. You know, the image I got with a lot of withdrawers is that pushing that ball up the hill, right? They're pushing that rock all the way mm-hmm. up the hill, knowing at some point they're going to stall and it's going to roll on top of them <laughs> and it's going to go down. And what are they going to do? <laughs> go back down, push it up again. Yeah. Now, why do they do this? Why do they keep trying? Why do they keep pushing that ball up the hill day after day, year after year, decade after decade? I think that withdrawers, you know, they love and they want connection too, ultimately, but oftentimes they don't have a good strategy for that. And so they're doing the best they can, but their strategies have really been more about self-protection. Mm-hmm. I also think that withdrawers, they protect about this need. They've learned needing love, needing connection is dangerous in some way. Mm-hmm. And so you know they commit very early on in life, like, I'm not going to let that out. I'll be disappointed. So you know, they do become independent and autonomous and sometimes very successfully so, you know, so that it, it's just something that they've kind of cut off. But that doesn't mean that the, the need isn't present. I mean, that's the good news here. The only reason they keep trying so hard is part of them knows better, right? Mm-hmm. They want to be in relationship. They don't want to make this work. They just try so hard to make it work. There's so much pressure they put on themselves. Like if you look at them, you go to therapy, they're like, please, George, just give me the book or the seven steps or whatever it needs to. Like I'll do whatever it takes to kind of make my partner happy. Yeah. Right. But what they don't recognize, the risky thing that we're trying to get them to do is to learn how to let their partner into their own insecurities and vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that's the new move, not to perform better for their pursuer but to actually experience success in places they normally don't, mm-hmm. right? These places of failure, these places of, of not knowing what to do, they need help there. They don't mm-hmm. even know how to get that help. But think how different that could be when they learn how to get that help. Yeah, yeah. And how freeing, I think, the other side of that is, is once they get the help there, you know, it's safer to be vulnerable about what they need, which means engagement for their partner. And their partner's like, ooh, you know, this is so great. Yep. You know, I've wanted to love you, want you to tell me about this. Yeah, I always have that image of Spock and Star Trek. 
where Spock doesn't do feelings. And, you know, if you go back into Spock's history, he loses his whole planet and everyone he loves. And who is there to help Spock with that? Right. And he had to learn how to deal with that on his own. Yeah. How did he deal with that? By pushing that turn down. Turn it off. Put a lid on it. Turn it off. Mm-hmm. And that's really adaptive in a lot of environments, staying calm under pressure. It's like, I would want Spock on my side in some kind of fight. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and he made a choice not to feel because feeling has to work so well for them. Mm-hmm. Right? So we want to Feeling is going to be that overwhelming, I lost my whole world. Yep. And could Spock talk about that and have success? Absolutely. So let's talk about, again, let's try to get into this world and feel it a little bit more. Okay. And then figure out how we could help these Vajoras. Okay. I really appreciate our partnership with UberLube. Since I've been doing this show, Lori, they've been a pretty loyal partner, and their mission is the same as ours, to just increase levels of engagement and passion in relationships. And, you know, something's happening, get in the way of that, use a product, use a tool, use something to make things a bit easier. And UberLube is so, so helpful in helping with that mission. Wouldn't you agree, Lori? I would agree. It makes sex slippery and fun, and I think people should use it, lots and lots of it, maybe... Before intercourse, during intercourse, after intercourse, you know, you, you can use it on your whole body just to make touching more fun. And we highly recommend it. It's a silicone-based product, and it has vitamin E, which is good for your body. It's a great product that I've been recommending for 20 years. Nice. Slippery. Who doesn't like slippery, Lori? Ooh, slippery. Keep it coming, Uber Lube. Uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay for 10% off. Did you like that? Keep it coming. I- Uberlube? That's not bad. <laughs> I did. I liked it. Okay, May 20th is our couples retreat. So great sex, great love. You can find it on our website on foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And we just invite you as a couple to come and join us on May 20th. It's Friday. It's all day. We talk all about sex. We talk about everything. And we do it in a way that's safe and not embarrassing. But if you come, you will have conversations you've never had before. Yes. So May 20th, again, great sex, great love. Please join us. Come on. All right, Lori. So I think it's also important to to recognize there are a lot of different types of withdrawers. You know, I often give the description of my withdrawal, like more this macho kind of focus on a task, shut off emotions, run into a burning building. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how I was raised. And my dad mm-hmm. see me, sees me crying. He tells me, I'll give you something to cry about. I learned not to cry. and Shut you know, down, shut down. So a lot of those withdrawers out there, but they're, you know, they're also withdrawers who can be very intellectual. Who like don't oh, yeah. every you know you ask them a question they start saying well you mean a question or a hypothesis and like before you know it they're like spinning a web and you don't even know what the heck you were talking about right exactly but they find safety in going into their head mm-hmm. not trying to turn down their emotions yep they tell lots of stories and give lots of descriptors yeah. and yeah and yeah. some some withdrawers use anger it can be condescending like they got everything figured out it's a problem that their mm-hmm. partner's the mess right best so they, defense is an offense there you go right if i'm going away i'm going to lob some bombs over right push you away push you back 
push you back, but mm-hmm. they use anger to create space, mm-hmm. right? So, but that's, you know, it's hard to be married to somebody who sees you as the problem all the time and doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk about anything, wants to send you off to every kind of therapist to, to straighten you out right. and doesn't really want to engage. You go, because you clearly go. you're unhappy. Right. So you go get fixed. Because exactly. I'm good. I'd be happy if you were happy. And then there are some withdrawers who are wimpy withdrawers, right? They're like, everything's their fault. They say they're sorry, but they're saying they're sorry to placate, to kind of calm you down. They're not really wanting to engage. They're using the sorry to get out of dodge, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sorry, you're right. I, I got to work harder. I'm going to try to work harder. You know, next time I and promise they, I will. They do what they damn well please. Right. And they're going to yeah, go right back you're to right. Right. But they're still, what all these withdrawers have in common is they're, they're trying to disengage because there's safety in disengaging. They just do it in different ways. Sometimes they can be arrogant and overconfident, you know, or a lot of times male and female withdrawers can look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Right? And sexual and emotional withdrawers, right? Exactly. I mean, classically. But yeah, I think female withdrawers, they do look different. I, I, I have lots of female withdrawer friends. Oof. Right different world well they tend to have more awareness of kind of Mm -hmm. their emotions the sense that they're getting messages they're coming up short and they're failing and they could kind of put words to that Mm -hmm. right and they tend to be in a relationship with somebody who's a bit controlling and more angry or critical Mm -hmm. in the pursuer kind of role if we're Mm -hmm. talking a heterosexual couple sure yeah maybe working with a gay couple you're going to get these same type of dynamics I always like to think, like, what does a securely attached withdrawer look like? Somebody who's comfortable in their own space and kind of using space to reset, but also knows how to ask for what they need and can share and process what their kind of emotional reality is. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that even when we're securely attached, we do withdraw some and pursue some? And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is about flexibility. It's about helping withdrawers. It's not an on-off switch. It's mm-hmm. being able to, to kind of turn off emotions when it's not productive to do emotions. Mm-hmm. I don't want to crawl into a fire with a guy expressing emotions. Mm-hmm. But when I come home and I'm continuing not to express emotions, it's going to create problems in my family. Right. So how do I, how do I learn that flexibility? Right. We want people to move closer to the center to be more securely attached, but we recognize they're going to do some of these behaviors that go forward, yep. pull back, and awareness is going to help. But yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean every single time we're going to do the vulnerability and I'm just going to tell you how I feel and I'm going to do it in the perfect tone. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. negative cycle comes for all of us, even securely attached people. Oh, yeah. It's just an ability to repair afterwards to say, you know what, I walked away because I just didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I recognize when I walk away and do that, not only does it suck for you, but it kind of sucks for me because mm-hmm. nobody gets to see that place of failure. So mm-hmm. that... That's the place I really want to just take a moment to feel into. Mm-hmm. If we could all be a withdrawer as we're listening, your whole operating system is based on getting it right, performing, doing well. And you're putting all your energy, your being into doing that. You're trying to provide. You're trying to kind of get it right. You want people to kind of appreciate because this is how you're trying to love. So the first wave that's so vicious is despite all those efforts, you get the feedback that you failed. How could that not feel shitty? <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? It's like you want to get up to the plate and you want to get a hit, but you strike out. Right? To yeah. just sit with that feeling, it's like, oh, I failed. 
I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm help. I mean, it's such a nasty feeling. It's a play. No wonder why they want to get away from that feeling. Yeah. As quick as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I wish it ended there, but that's just the first wave. Okay. What's the second wave? The second wave is now the reason why they're told they're failing is because of them. They didn't say it right. They didn't say it at the right time. They could have done it differently. The reason why they failed and they now find themselves in disconnection is because of them. It's their fault they failed. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to fail and be left alone. It's another to say, you suck because you failed. Mm. Can you see how that takes it to another level? Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's like, so here's my chance to kind of repair. And now the person I need to repair is kind of putting it on me. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of withdrawers will feel confused. They're like, wait, wait a second. I know in my heart what I'm trying to do. And you're telling me I don't care. You're telling me I'm not trying. You're telling me this doesn't matter. You're telling me I don't love you. Like, that's not my reality at all. I'm doing all this stuff because of those things. And now you're telling me it's my fault. And like, their brain doesn't know how to compute it. It feels like it wants to pop a fuse. Yeah, I I get that. I get that. I see that a lot with my withdrawing clients. Yep. And now you're ready for wave three. Wave three, bring it. I kind of just don't end there. Now they have to make sense of this, how they failed and why their partner's saying it's their fault. And they start to believe it is actually their fault. They don't see the parts of them that are trying, that are resilient, that, you know, are giving their all, that are trying to engage, that are trying to love. They start to believe, you know what, this keeps happening. I keep getting this feedback. There must be something about me that's less than small, weak, pathetic. Mm-hmm. And this place is, is partly why they're going away. They want to guard against this inner, inner place that's super fragile. Of like, maybe I am just no good at all. Right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? You go to that place, nobody's coming. That place mm-hmm. is shame where you believe, you know what? I actually deserve to kind of be left alone. I don't mm-hmm. want people to see this part of me. I want them to see the parts of me that are competent and smart and handsome. I don't want them to see this because mm-hmm. if they see this, what's going to happen? Yeah. If they see this, they'll, they'll know that you're no good at all and they'll reject you. Yep. Right. So again, there's no, so, if- so the rejection that you're already feeling is going to be confirmed and they're going to leave. Yep. Yeah. So again, it doesn't seem like an option when therapists like share your fears and it's like, it's so counterintuitive. Yeah. I want to share my successes. I want people to like me because that's the rules I'm given. You want me to share this stuff? Who the heck wants to see this stuff? Yeah. Right? But they don't share it. They're always alone with it. And they turn on themselves. Just like the pursuer, they go to these places of shame that not only am I alone, but I believe I deserved aloneness. I deserved a punishment. Mm-hmm. I deserved a sense of feeling like a failure and mm-hmm. a loser. And, and to not be seen there, they can't get to the comfort that they need. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't want to be seen because they think in hiding it, people are not going to see them. Right? But they don't realize in the hiding or they're trying to get away from it, they also are exactly what you said, not going to ever get help there. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my heart to know how many withdrawers actually resign themselves to think this is the best there is, that when this comes for me, and I find myself alone, like, it's okay. Like, it doesn't even occur to them. Yeah. 
and it's not okay. I have an example that I hear a lot. You know, sometimes people say, well, my withdrawing partner is really just a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And like an EFT, we don't do that kind of diagnosis. But I hear a lot of this uh, from partners, the way that they diagnose their partner. Mm -hmm. And what they're saying is, you know, my partner is never wrong. I pursue a diagnosis and I've never heard of that. I know. It's the arrogant defense that you're talking about as a withdrawer, that arrogant defense Mm -hmm. of, I don't have any faults. It's your fault, not mine. Right. No matter what it is, it slides off me, hits you. I see it on you. But I think, I mean, one of the things I know classically, like really if they are narcissistic, I mean, it's a very, very fragile place inside. The reason they build up this I'm so great kind of persona is because they're hiding something inside the the child, the little boy who does not feel powerful, mm-hmm. who feels inadequate, who feels like they're nothing. And so it, it, it isn't that that person doesn't actually feel good, mm-hmm. uh, even though that's what their defense does is, you know, it's not my yeah. problem, it's your problem. Their defense does that. But the inside place is pretty fragile, pretty small and scared of being seen because if I'm seen here, Nobody will love me. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's always helpful to put this in context for withdrawers. You know, mm-hmm. they can be super confident and conquer the world and love themselves. And that's helpfully, that's awesome. And they have insecure parts. We all have insecure mm-hmm. parts. The more that we can listen to those insecure parts, give us information. There, every vulnerability, every fear, every hurt has a need. Mm-hmm. Right? If we can listen to it, it tells us what we need to feel better, to feel safer. Right? And with drawers, this is not an option. Right? We're going to talk about this in another podcast. Like, What do they Good. need? How do they get what they need? That's the solution to this problem. But we got to start getting their buy-in to see the value of going to these places, to listen to these places, because the, the, the information there is going to actually direct them to a much healthier place. Yeah, where they they don't have to work quite so hard, Mm. and they can be loved for who they are. Yeah, okay. What a different ball game, huh? To be loved when you get it right versus to be loved when you get it wrong. And if Mm -hmm. we can get both, different world. Mm -hmm. We're more secure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay, thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny. And they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.